The Miami Marlins are off to an interesting start. Their defending Cy Young winner is showing why he won. Let's talk fish and swim across the pond, the big pond, across the Atlantic Ocean to bring in Peter Pratt of Locked On Marlins to talk fish. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If I wasn't, how could I have this lower third where I claim to be called Sully? I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for over a decade now, and I'm now in my fifth season here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Half a decade! of Locked On MLB. Can you believe it? I know I can't. Uh, you can follow this show at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram. I am your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube as we're trying to reach 1 billion followers. And you can also tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. Or check out some of the other great shows of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Let's just take one totally at random right now. Uh, let's go to Lockdown Marlins, hosted by the great Peter Pratt. How are you, buddy? Sully, how are we doing? I love that oh, intro as well, by the way. All the way from Leeds in the U of K. So naturally, <laughs> naturally, we're talking Miami. Miami. Absolutely. Well, there you how, go. how has this happened? How is this how is this guy sat in Leeds in the UK talking about the Marlins? What is oh, going we, on here? Hey, go back to your your first appearance on there. We do your whole biography. You're Peter Pratt. You know mm. your fish. Let's go. You got your fish. You got your chips. We got Marlins. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's well, you're go. over there. You're, you're in you're in England. Sorry about the Queen. And uh <laughs> too soon. It's too fine. Soon. It's fine. Right. We're fine. We're fine. Um, by the way, uh, in case you're wondering, Peter Pratt, 19th in the order of secession. So in order in, in to, to the crown. So I'm close. a lot of things had to go wrong for Peter Pratt to become king. But I, I wish you luck. Uh, but the Earl of Marlins is uh, in his his palace in Leeds. Mm -hmm. By the way, Americans care about that stuff so much more than everyone from Britain I've ever met. Everyone in Britain is really like, I don't know, the Earl of, I don't give a crap. You know, and then you got so many people over here like, oh, is that the, is, is that Sussex? Like, you know, but I don't know. I completely I agree, by the way. There's a lot by of hype the, elsewhere, less so but, here. But I can't stress this enough. I'm not making fun of the people who do that. Mm. If that's your thing, that's your thing. We all have our thing. I can't sit here and have done a Milwaukee Brewers podcast on Christmas morning and criticize someone for breaking down the the royal family we all have our things and go to, if you want to listen to it check out locked on royals don't tell them don't tell them don't tell them what it's really all about rylan rylan talks all about the royals and you'll love every bit of it hey man um i gotta tell some right off the top of the bat here i picked the marlins to go to the playoffs this year whoa 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 i picked them to be a wild card team big 
I will tell you, and I probably just cursed him, but here's why. <laughs> I think the Phillies are weaker than they were last year, uh, and we've seen them not be great. Um, I think there is a wild card spot that is winnable. Mm. Uh, I mean, I think I think Los Angeles and San Diego are going to go in. I think New York and Atlanta are going to go in, and I think probably say and it may very well be Milwaukee having that other one. But that being said, there is that one wild card spot that is available. And I looked up and of all the teams that are kind of on the cusp, I trust the Marlins pitching more than I trust the other teams pitching. Mm -hmm. And they got rid of Don Mattingly and every team that gets rid of Don Mattingly goes to the world series. (laughs) So I think that combination of events, look at, I like their pitching staff. And um, let's talk. I mean, what does that frighten you? Does that scare you that I picked the Marlins to go to the playoffs? Season's cooked now, Sully. Season's over go. for the fish. That is it. Now, now yeah, the they're start the, the rebuild. There, there we go. I mean, I'm, 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 wouldn't be shocked to see Sandy Alcantara traded tomorrow. Now, now after we've heard this news that you've you've locked them in in the wildcard spots. That's interesting. Um, I I agree with you. By the way, I, I I thought the same heading in the year. There's a sneaky chance for this fish team to to get into the wildcard three. It mm-hmm. does link to the Phillies, though. Yeah. So I think it does pertain to the Phils. Mm-hmm. If they if they are the most hungover team ever, um, which well, they've started slow, we'll see how they go. But if they are hungover, there's a spot there that can be shot at. And if the Marlins play well, one of their range of outcomes is a wildcard three spot. One of their other ranges of outcomes is 65 wins. They have got a huge variance in their number, in my opinion, this year. Here's how I disagree with you. I don't see them getting the 60. I don't see them being a 65 win team. I hope I not. really don't. <laughs> I hope not. No, I don't. For your sakes, God, I hope you're not. Boy, but boy. Uh, I, I like their pitching staff. And yes, there have been instances of teams that have wonderful pitching staffs that have a losing season. But I think if more often than not, you're putting a good pitcher on the mound, mm-hmm. then you're, that means more often than not, you'll have a chance to win. You have the, I mean, heads and shoulders, the best Cy Young candidate is on the team, which means the chance of them going on a prolonged losing streak, which you would have to have if you were a 65 win team, which is you know on the cusp of 100 losses. Mm-hmm. Americans can do math. Um, I don't see that happening with this team. I really don't. I and I, I I feel confident in that in it, look at I feel confident they're pitching and you're right it is linked directly to Philadelphia but Philadelphia getting in last year was linked directly to the Brewers falling on their face at the end yep. of the year because remember the Brewers were in first place yep. at the trade deadline and they fell totally out of the playoff spot opening up that wild card spot which allowed Philadelphia to go, you know, all the way to the two, within two games of winning the whole damn thing. But, you know, don't, you know, don't get too excited there, but uh, <laughs> don't get too excited. But yes, it, but things like this are always tied in. Like when the, when the Nats won the division, stunned everyone, won the division back in 2012, that was also linked to the fact that the Marlins fell on their face, the Braves underachieved and the Phillies got hurt. So it, hmm. it's always going to be a combination. And I just look at the, the teams that, the sneaky teams. Yeah. And I, I'm always going to err on a team that, ha- I mean, I, Alcantara, obviously, through the first complete shutout the other day, he looks like he hasn't missed a beat. He's pitched 14 and two-thirds innings 
let up three hit uh three runs, six hits. Um, but Lozardo, who was an afterthought for some people, you know, as part of the deal that from Oakland a few years ago, has pitched very, very well this year. Um, and all right. Johnny, the Johnny Cueto experiment may have lasted one game, but <laughs> one inning. Know, yeah, yeah, one inning exactly. <laughs> um, but I like you know, and the Matt Barnes experiment. We'll see how long that goes on. Mm-hmm. I like their pitching staff. I like that. I like that this is the type of team, you know, especially if Trevor Rogers starts to pitch well. Uh, if Trevor Rogers pitches well, then you have a three deep starting staff which I don't know, means 60% of the games, you have a real legit shot of winning. Yeah, I completely agree. I, th- I think the known can- uh, the known entities right now, Sandy Alcantara, the stud, we know it, and mm-hmm. Jesus Lozado, uh, mm-hmm. the, the reason the Marlins are willing to move Pablo Lopez was the fact that they knew Jesus Lozado can step up to the two. They knew it. Right. And mm-hmm. he showed that. You then, then it comes down to the Trevor Rogers you mentioned and Edward Cabrera. Can those yeah. two guys step up and deliver what, they're doing you know, towards their ceiling. And if they can, then this rotation has a wonderful or that looks immense. Right. You then have Johnny Cueto, that experiment, experiment as you called it, lasted one inning. What's happening in the fifth starter role? We'll wait to see. I think there's going to be mix and match, Braxton Garrett, few guys, but you know the Marlins sitting there in the minor leagues. We'll see how it goes, but you know you've got Uri Perez, the the potential best pitching prospect in baseball that isn't far. We saw him start in spring multiple games. He isn't far. No. And so if the Marlins are in the mix and all of a sudden Braxton Garrett comes in in the fifth starter role, okay, it doesn't go well or he gets hurt, and they're looking around for some depth, they may think, hey, listen, it's Uri Perez time. Let's go in 2023. And here's the deal. Here's where, and again, we'll, 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 we'll cover a couple of the other names in segment two. The the nice thing about Perez, who is sitting there, and I think this is different than keeping a kid uh, in the minor leagues to manipulate their service time. I don't 100%. think that's what's happening here. I think no. they're legitimately saying this is a potential potential all star arm we have in the farm. Let's just let's make sure he's ready. But if he does come up he doesn't have the pressure of you are our ace or even you're our number two. And I think this is to have, to have an Alcantara in the rotation would allow him to sneak in, in the three or four spot. It's similar. And, and you, and I'm knocking on glass table here for the Marlins sake (laughs) of having a Verlander there when a Framber Valdez is coming into his own, you know, you, you don't put the huge pressure on the young kid, to have this role, but if he comes in and is the type of pitcher that he showed flashes of in spring training, I didn't, you know, then, you know, then, you know, game on. But I, I, you know, sometimes when you do see a star who's being kept down there for ridiculously obvious reasons, like what they do, the Rays did with David Price or what the, uh, the Cubs did with Chris Bryant. I don't think that's what's happening here. I think this is actually smart. To sort of, you know, to to not throw him immediately into the deep end. Although fish can't swim. <laughs> no, your assessment's absolutely perfect, though, Sully. Like this isn't service time manipulation here. He isn't quite ready. He's so young. He's only you know, he's 19. He's so yeah. young, Uri Perez. But the the talent, the talent is telling us that he's almost ready. And right. it's just a little bit of fine-tuning. He's starting the year in, in double A, actually. So they've got, you know, started him again in double A. Mm-hmm. And but he's ready. Like he 
he will be ready at some point in this year. And so if, if they need him, then we will see Uri Perez in 2023. And and even having, if even if he's not healthy, having a Cueto who also has been a Cy Young caliber ace and been in the World Series and all this other stuff, that can't possibly hurt. Well, look at I'll tell you what also won't hurt the fact that we got a new sponsor. So rare. It's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transformation for fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 teams. Yes, Sandy Alcantara is there too. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms that we're not going to name them, so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience. They're not renting, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards. And there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. Okay, so rare. recently partnered with Major League All-Stars. Juan Soto, yikes, Julio Rodriguez, both names start with J, to serve as brand ambassadors. Both are featured in SoRare's current brand campaign and will engage with a SoRare community throughout the season at Major League Baseball events. MLB game weeks happen twice weekly and span a three- to four-day cycle. At the end of game weeks, SoRare MLB managers who rank at or near the top of their leaderboards win a variety of rewards, like uh, SoRare scarcity cards, easy for you to say, game tickets, merchandise, signed jersey, and VIP experience like meeting MLB stars. Prize may vary depending on the competition. So head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E dot com to draft your team of free player cards. Set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. I know my mom understood every word of that ad read. Uh, absolutely straight into so rare.com uh, she my mom my mom is into so rare that's true no so are my boys and so should you <laughs> um we're here with peter pratt of locked on marlins uh the locked on well let's just let's just be honest the 2023 world series champion miami marlins wouldn't that be there great go. there you go there you go um the other day uh jorge soler Got a couple of big home runs. The, the The Marlins have really only had one big nasty loss. That big eleven to one loss they had the other day it was really the only game they had. That was the Cueto start, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Um, it was. That was really the only game. I mean, they've lost a few games, but they've been in them, which is another reason. I'm like, okay, all right, like they they lost the Scherzer versus Alcantara opening day. But Alcantara pitched well. It's sort of like okay, they weren't they didn't have the doors blown off. And I'll tell you something. Um, you know, they got they got a couple, they got a big day the other day from Jorge Soler. You know, Lopez has pitched well for Minnesota, but uh Arise has hit well. Arise, you know, you brought in Arise to be a solid major league bat in a lineup that desperately needed a solid major league bat. And lo and behold, granted, only a week into the season, holy Phil Esposito, he's a major league bat. 
And so that's sort of a little bit of, hey, this is exactly what they needed. You know, is, is he going to win a batting title or is he going to win a home run title? No, but he's also going to get a lot of hits, which a team with pitching needs that. Need a lot of hits. I've been really impressed with Luis Arias, to be honest with you. I've not seen a ton of him um, prior mm-hmm. to the trade. And so I was a little bit uncertain, but early impressions a weekend. I, I love Luis Arias. And to your point, though, Sully, it's exactly what the Marlins needed. They just needed to get the offense just jump started out of the gate. And Arias is the perfect guy for that. As I think there's been a four hit game in there already. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had a 14 game hit streak running. It was kind of carrying over from last season. It right. was just snapped. So it's just ended. Um, but overall, for me, Arias is setting the table. It's been mm-hmm. interesting. They've been having Jazz Chisholm down in the cleanup spot uh, yeah. a lot, actually. Uh, Arias had an off day uh, yesterday, and Jazz kind of bumped back up to the top of the lineup. So I'm really intrigued to see the way the, the Marlins kind of set the lineups now with Arias and Jazz Chisholm. Um, obviously, a lot of eyeballs on Jazz more generally about this center field experiment. You talk about the Cueto experiment. The Jazz Chisholm Jr. center field experiment is the experiment in the Marlins uh, right now. But offensively, Arias look nice. You mentioned Jorge Soler. Mm-hmm. Three home runs, a multi-home run game um, to really get the win as part of uh, the game yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and Avicel Garcia with a home run in the 1-0 victory. So, listen, the Marlins pitching will keep them in games. Can they generate the offense to get the wins? And can the bullpen hold? They've added puck. And I think that's a real upgrade, too, to be honest with you. So we'll wait to see. Uh, I, I here's one reason I like I, I want I want to just finish one thing off with the the lineup before we before we stampede to the bullpen here. <laughs> um, I mean, Chisholm and Garcia have not been off to or or Segura for that matter. None of them have been off to exactly world shattering starts. But again, seven games, so like a couple of offers all of a sudden, it's like, oh, should we DFA him? Yeah. Um, if Arise continues to be the professional hitter that he is, we know Chaz is a we know Jazz is a a a capable major leaguer. Okay, mm-hmm. he's a bat. He's a good bat. If they could get him, they could get Garcia. Just being a good hitter, yeah. having Soler be a good power hitter. You're not you're not even asking any of them to be all star caliber players. Just make sure you're not a sure out. You know, I've seen several there like. I'm going back to some of the Giants teams before they got over the hump to win those World Series. There was a couple of years where they had their pitching, they would have winning seasons and their pitching was good enough to win most of the games. Like poor Matt Cain would lose a ton of two to one games. Mm -hmm. But when they had just enough bats to score, it allowed for them to develop this terrific pitching staff. And that's what I'm looking at that uh, Jazz. And Abasale and Soler and Arias, if those four guys just be decent hitters, yep. then it could that'll be enough. be enough to score some yep. runs. Yeah, absolutely. You shouldn't forget as well, in that cluster, in that cluster of guys, I would also include Garrett Cooper in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so those five, if they can find a way to muster enough offense, then the Marlins have a chance. They do. Yeah. It's just you know, those, the regression we saw from, oh, well, Soleil got injured and was hurt. Jazz was hurt. Um, but, you know, Abacel stepped back so severely last year. Mm-hmm. You know, the Marlins have got 25% of their payroll invested into Soleil and Abacel Garcia combined. Those two just need to find a way, stay healthy, and just deliver career averages. 
career averages will be fine, and the rest around them will will do what they need to do, and the Marlins can win some games. And here's where we're going to put a lot of pressure on Kim Ng, because you are going to there are some teams out there that are really going to be bad this year, mm-hmm. and there's going to be some teams out there who are going to have a fire sale or two mm-hmm. by the time we get past the All Star break. If the Marlins are hanging around, and we've seen the last bunch of years, all you have to do is be hanging around by the All-Star break. And, you know, the Braves had a losing record at the trade deadline. The Phillies weren't also ran at the at the All-Star break. You know, mm-hmm. Washington had a losing record going into June. You just, as long as just hang around. And if you have a team, and you see this happen every year, where there'll be a trade, which doesn't appear to be a blockbuster, but, and this, and we'll get to the final segment, why I like the puck acquisition. Um, if you get someone to say, hey, I'm suddenly playing for something. Mm. The, suddenly this is real. And all right, you're not asking for someone to give you 162 games. You're asking to give you 60 games. 60 yeah. games at a high level where there's a reason to go to the ballpark. There, If you just make sure you're hanging around the 500 mark, by the time... They start throwing bodies over the 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 edge of the boat because it's no it no longer is uh, it's no longer as profitable for a team or or as smart to keep it let a player walk. You might as well get something for them. Yeah, for sure. If they could get a bat or two, kind of like we saw. I mean, like the greatest examples what Atlanta did a couple of years ago with Soler yeah. and with Rosario and with Jock Peters. They rebuilt their outfield with three moves that I don't think got a blip when they happen but you got those three Adam Duvall was part of that Adam yeah. Duvall was in the mix too from the Marlins oh, that you exactly know, got a back, right got a right. backup catcher <laughs> you know insane I, 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 yeah I forgot Duvall was one there too they yeah. were the spark that they gave that's kind of where Kim Ng is going all right you're not going to acquire judge or anyone like that but what if you get someone who's clearly good who's in the wrong place who realizes, hey, if I play well now, we have a shot to have some meaningful baseball, and and that and it has a it has a ripple effect, you know, it has a ripple effect on the other on the other bats. It has takes pressure off the starting pitchers, take pressure off of the bullpen. That's the key. Hang around, and you know, go bargain hunting. No doubt, and the thing we should call out as well is contract year for Kim Ang as well. So, you know, yeah. she pressures on. The wins and losses for the Marlins in, in, in Kim's tenure, it's not been good. And so this year, you know, if if the Marlins are in the mix, I expect Kim to really push the ticket and look to try and hit some upgrade buttons uh, as they can. I think we're all calling it out. Like, they're still missing a center fielder. We've got, mm-hmm. you know, Jazz Chisholm in center field. So yeah. they'll be hunting for center field all year. This Tyler O'Neill situation at St. Louis, I think, is very interesting for the Marlins. Me too. Um, I think the Marlins and Cardinals, they just fit neatly with trades. The Cardinals are probably a little bit scorned dealing with the Marlins, considering that's where we got Sandy Alcantara from as part of the the Ozuna deal. So perhaps there's a bit of history there, but the Marlins are going to be hunting center fielders, but they're also going to be hunting a a big bat all year long. And so it doesn't have to be to the deadline, but I guess maybe the prices will be a little bit cheaper there at that point because this Marlins farm isn't quite what it was a few years ago. And so some of the shiny toys, I would say, well, some of the shiny toys have regressed. The question is, is can those toys rebound? And what I'm I'm talking about here is, what does Khalil Watson look like, for example? But 
but you know when I I brought up the the Soler and Rosario deals, they didn't give up blue chippers to get them. No, they, no, they didn't. The, the you know the Atlanta gave up basically you know spare parts to get them. I'm sure someone's going to say actually, <laughs> but uh, verbatim, that's what they're going to say. But uh, I think that-, that look at a lot of it is. Uh, Kim Ang has to make a bet on this year. They have to produce something. Can't just be another losing season. They gotta. No. She's got to put a bet on this team. She's got to sort of say, "Do you know what? I am. Uh, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. If you want to make any bets, head on over to FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars how many pounds is that it's probably i don't know 800 pounds these days like 800 not, pounds there you go not looking good no that's <laughs> me to make this conversion time uh you didn't know i was throwing it to you then that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win is that pound sterling uh just download the FanDuel sportsbook app is that how many pence is that it's safe secure and super easy to use then you could bet on anything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. That's French. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 or 800 pounds sterling in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the National Basketball Association. Stunning. Peter, yeah. Peter Pratt's here from uh, Locked on Marlins. Hey, quick question. Is Charles on the money yet or what? Uh, he is. He is on the money. You know, I mean, that's one of the first orders of business, right? Yeah. Get the king on the notes. Yep. No I doubt. love that. That Jeffrey Ross, the comedian who always does the roasts in America, um, whenever he's on a roast where there's like a lot of aging comics, he would say, I've seen younger faces on cash, <laughs> uh, which, of course, makes sense in America. They're only dead presidents on here. But no, you only have to have you have your living monarchs. There so uh, there you go. I uh, didn't didn't mean to make this be a uh, British currency situation. But uh, hey, mm. hey, guess what I still have in my wallet here? Hold on, hold on. I, oh, yeah, I got a five-pound note. Oh, man. Got a five-pound note. Right which there. kind of version is it? Let's let's have a look. What version? Oh, there boy. Go. There you go. I, I've got some bad news, Sully. Real oh, bad news. I, they've changed the notes. They've what? changed them. They've what? changed. What happened? They, they, they've upgraded them. They're like this kind of like weird, rubbery, textured kind of notes now. And so they've basically swapped. So, it is, old so it is like Charles. Wow. So it is like Charles. A weird it rubbery is. texture. <laughs> they got the weird rubbery guy in. Yep. Sully, I think that is now one for just the museum now, brother. I can't spend this? I don't think so. Are you telling me if so. I go to London tomorrow and I want to get me five pounds worth of fish and chips, I'm going to yeah. give them, here, I got this Liz here. I throw down my Liz. And they're going to say, scram, we need a chuck. Yep. We need a, a rubbery one. I need a <laughs> Need a rubber biscuit. We're here. Welcome to Lockdown Currency with Peter Pratt. Yeah. Um, so um, I want to go to uh, um, I like the act. I like 
Uh, Puck. I'll tell you one thing. What I like about Puck, um, AJ Puck, the uh, the closer for now. He's he's you know he did let up a home run, but um, mm-hmm. he's a guy who was a a very he was a a big heralded prospect in the Oakland system. Didn't work mm-hmm. out in Oakland, kind of like Lazardo for that matter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I like Lazardo and Puck on this team because it's a fresh start for them, and sometimes you see that. Sometimes you see a player needs to have that, uh, you know, he was a big prospect here or there, didn't quite work out, brand new situation, they dust themselves off. And, you know, I mean, there's there's a case like Phil Nevin, who was the number one overall pick a bunch of years ago, flopped badly with the Astros mm-hmm. and with the Tigers and bounced around and finally became an all-star with the Padres. Heck, J.D. Martinez is probably the best example I could think of where he was the completely wrong fit in Houston, mm-hmm. got a change of scenery in Detroit, and suddenly became an all-star caliber slugger. Sometimes it's the Elton John song, a change will do you good, get back honky cat. Um, oh, the greatest example of it all was uh, uh, Nolan Ryan. When Nolan Ryan was pitching for the Mets, he didn't have the proper instruction. He was on the verge of retiring, gets traded to the Angels, works with a good uh, pitching coach, and becomes a Hall of Famer. Some, now, am I saying AJ Puck is going to become a Hall of Famer? Yes, yes, he will. <laughs> yes, but I like it when you have a team saying, hey, "Let's give someone a new chance. Let's give someone a fresh start." And sometimes, mm. you know, we all need that. Yeah, for sure. I I think the the one thing you called out there, this it's the thing that's on my mind is these these Oakland A's, Miami Marlins trades. They seem to be working well for the Marlins. And and listen, the Marlins can certainly identify pitching talent. That's one thing they have no problem doing is identifying talent developing talent puck they you know for what we've seen he's going to be you know skip schumacher the new manager was talking about well maybe we'll go with you know matchups or a committee or what however you want to phrase it um in the ninth inning what we've seen thus far in the first couple of games is there's an opportunity pucks up every time it isn't like always oh, matt Barnes up or is dylan floro no puck is up for every time puck's going to be given the opportunity to close games the interesting thing and i, I actually haven't gone into this on on my own pod recently but Let's not forget as well, A.J. Park was going to be starting for the A's this year. He was slated to be back into the rotation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with Cueto going down, what we should, you know, what we shouldn't rule out fully is maybe the Marlins need Puck in the rotation at some point this year. Who knows? We'll wait to see on that one. But I- I'd like to see them. They had a real deficiency in the ninth last year, the Marlins. They really did. Yeah. And they lost a lot of games early in the year when they were they were hovering at 500. And a lot of those games were one-run losses or blown saves. And and Kim has gone out there and said, listen, we're going to move a, a former blue-chip prospect in many ways in J.J. Bloody. We're going to move him for A.J. Puck. We've got tons of outfielders knocking around. Mm-hmm. Bloody's blocked, but we need a closer, and we need one now. And we need one with multiple years of control that we don't have to pay a ton of dollars to. So I absolutely love the fit. Can Puck do the job? I think he can. Is there going to be a few ups and downs? I think there will be. We've already seen, I mean, his ERA right now sits at, at nine. He's given up a run in, in both appearances. So overall, it hasn't been shut down closer, but the stuff is there. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see with AJ Puck this year. Yeah, and I, I, I am too. I think it's a I think it was a very smart move. And I think that you're, you know, and this is gonna sound mean, but I actually I'm saying this. Uh, with love, um, with love, <laughs> that because there isn't the same scrutiny for the Marlins and the same level of eyeballs on the Marlins, yeah. he could have a little bit of a learning curve. 
I mean, we're only talking about two freaking games at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there, you know, every person needs a little bit of a little bit of you know growing pains, mm-hmm. and I, he has been someone who has been on you know is in the Bay Area for a long time. He's been on A's fans' radar for a while as a very talented pitcher, and so I love the idea of saying, "Hey, look at just this is your role." Yeah. You could you could become a very wealthy man doing this for a while. So just you know, do it here. And but there's a chicken or the egg thing that goes on with bullpens and rotations. Do you need a strong bullpen to have an effective rotation, or do you need an effective rotation to have a strong bullpen? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. That the teams that I think have had the best synergy of the the two best synergies I've ever seen for pitching and bullpen have been the Joe Torre Yankees and the Bruce Bochy Giants, where you had starting pitchers who could go relatively deep in the games, but you also had bullpen arms that you could totally rely on, mm-hmm. which means you didn't have to blow out your starter's arms having to throw complete games every day, but it also means you're not wearing down the freaking bullpen because they're coming in the fifth inning every day. Mm-hmm. I love everyone's like, why is our bullpen so worn out? I don't know. You're taking the pitchers out in the second? <laughs> you know, and I, I think having Alcantara, I think Lazardo is going to show that he has a little bit of, of, of depth to him. Yeah. Uh, I'm I, that feeds the bullpen it means you won't have as people poop to bullpen and you won't, and you'll have an effective rotation. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen it with Sandy, right? Sandy's out there trying to go nine every time. Like mm-hmm. that, that's his mentality. And he pitches in that way. Like he's not looking for the, the K's the big K numbers. Like he doesn't care about that. Sandy cares more about the number of innings that he goes. He's an innings guy first, not K's. So, and and Sandy really saved the pen the other day because the first time through the rotation, it was a bit sticky. The Cueto start, he comes out injured, bullpen's Mm -hmm. decimated, right? Because you can effectively end up with a bullpen game. And then Sandy comes in and says, hey, listen, I I need a hundred pitches. I need less than two hours. And we're going to get this win. And uh, it's huge for the Marlins. Definitely is. And, and right there, right there is why I don't think 65 wins is in the cards. Mm. Right? It's a 65. I think they're going to win 65, but then I think they're going to win a few more after that. Uh, because you have a pitcher like Alcantara who won't allow for a long-term slump and also won't allow for your bullpen to be gassed. Yeah. I mean, even if, even if he throws seven or eight innings, you know, you know that, okay, you don't have to blow the whole damn bullpen up. And you saw that with the two teams that I just mentioned, the the Torrey Yankees and the Bochy Giants. Yeah, both of them, both those teams had really deep bullpens with all-stars, you know, you know, whether it was, you know, Rivera or, you know, Wetland or, you know, Stanton or, or Nelson with the Yankees or, you know, Affelt or Brian Wilson for a while or Romo or Santiago Casilla for San Francisco. You weren't using those guys seven days a week because no. you knew Kane could go pretty deep. Baumgartner could go pretty deep. Lincecum in his prime could go deep. The same way Wells could go six, seven innings or Cone or Clemens or Pettit or, you know, or El Duque. So I think that you, if you're seeing Alcantara and Lazardo could give them two times through the rotation where you're only asking for six outs from your bullpen mm. – as opposed to, oh, God, here we go. I mean, you just said it perfectly. Cueto blows up. He only pitches one damn inning. 
And then Alcantara said, bullpen, take the day off. I got it in a one nothing game. Mm-hmm. I know. That's that's Sandy, though, right? Yeah. And that's you're right. That is that's why he is so critical to everything. Everything goes off Sandy because, like you said, the pen knows they're going to have a rest day. And it, it, you know, and what they do know is what we've seen with Trevor Rogers, Ed, Edward Cabrera. They don't have the length in them. No, that those two do. So they do know that two out of the five games, it's likely there's going to be four innings worth of work a game, probably. Right. You know, five innings for the two starters, perhaps. We'll wait mm-hmm. to see what they do with the fifth, you know, fifth starter as well. So, you know, the pen is going to be tested, but it's critical for Sandy and Jesus Lazardo to do what they do: go deep into games, let the pen have the rest, and equally the offense step up too. And then that's when uh, Perez, when he comes up, if he can pitch the way that he can, mm-hmm. then that's when you could possibly really see the the ebbs and the flows do well. Well, look, Peter, that's Peter Pratt. That is why I am picking the Marlins to go to the playoffs. Let's go. Let's go. I didn't expect that, Sully. I must say, when you invited me on, I did not expect you to kick that off, uh, no, the show off in that I've, way. So, I'm a man it. of many surprises. Man of many surprises, by the way. Do you just say that to everyone? Do you say that no, to everyone? No, God, no. Oh, okay, oh, oh let, let the record show. Angel <laughs> fans and Ranger fans hate me. Hate me. <laughs> hate me with a capital hate because I don't think they're going to have a great year this year. Mm, and I I, I would like the Rangers to do well. Bruce Bochy is my dad's favorite manager. Mm. And I love, I mean, I'm in Southern California. You don't think I want to see Mike Trout and Shohei Otani in the World Series? Mm. Come on. I, I just I don't buy what they did. And I've had people like question. He said, I question your integrity. What? Whoa. It, have it, they been it, watching baseball know. for the past five, six years or whatever? Yeah, However long. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, but, we know what the know, Angels do. The Angels are the Angels. Yeah. The, yeah. The, I'm only picked one of the teams with the with the two the two team one two of the teams with the longest postseason drought. I picked them to not make the postseason. Yeah, and the other one, the and the main thing I said was I didn't think that they were going to get a full season from DeGrom without injury. Yeah. Oh, you hate DeGrom. Shocker, I actually, Shocker right? <laughs> I love DeGrom. I want him to throw 30 starts. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to happen. This is it. But, you know, but but so so the answer is no. I don't say this to every <laughs> team. The long answer is that no. Love no. It. Just read the comments. Yeah. Read the comments. Well, Marlin fans will either love me for saying their team's praises or hate me for cursing the team, as it were. No um, hey, Peter Pratt, tell people where they can listen to your terrific show. For sure. It's Locked On uh, Network as well. Locked On Marlins, guys. I hit it up there. And uh, if you want to follow me, uh, head over to Twitter. I'm too old for Instagram and for TikToks and all of that. Twitter's my my only spot, really. At Miami Marlins underscore UK, guys. Uh, head on over to there. Uh, and uh, and follow along. Hit subscribe to the pod if you like your Marlins vibes. Of course, rotation's going to be sexy. Offense is going to be better. It's going to be more wins. Come and join us. There you go. And by the way, thanks so much for making Lockdown MLB your first listen. For your second listen, obviously make it Lockdown Marlins. Why not? But then your third listen, check out Lockdown Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategy. Find Lockdown Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on the YouTubes. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. You can find us on Twitter and on Instagram. <laughs> I'm a young 50. Yeah, young. Uh, I'm a young 50-year-old man. <laughs> uh, we're at Lockdown MLB Pods on both of those. 
Uh, I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And if you found me on TikTok, that's a pirated account. I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> you look for me on MySpace, Friendster, in an AOL chat room, or send me a postcard. We well, go. using this magnificent technology to talk about Miami baseball with a fella in Leeds. He's Peter Pratt. Where there you are. He's Peter Pratt of Locked On Marlins. I'm Paul Francis Sullivan, host of Locked On MLB. Please, I'm begging you, call me Sully. So really, this isn't worth anything? Seriously. It's gone.